Hello, this is K.M. Wyland, and you are listening to the 647th episode of the Helping Writers Become Authors podcast. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode, my top books of 2023. For a few years now, I've been lamenting that I wasn't reading at the same pace I was accustomed to in the past. This year, I'm happy to say I'm back. It was a good reading year, y'all. I enjoyed myself thoroughly and encountered so many new authors and new ideas. So today's episode features some of my favorite books of 2023, among which are some of my new all-time favorite books, both fiction and not. So I hope you'll find something new to read here, and I hope you'll stop by the site at helpingwritersbecomeauthors.com and leave me your suggestions for next year. So first of all, we'll start off with a few writing books, starting with The Anatomy of Genre by John Truby. Thank God I live in a world with John Truby. Thirteen years ago, I read his book Anatomy of Story and immediately knew I was connecting with a mind that spoke a language I so deeply wanted to speak. Thirteen years later, he's touched me with another book, this time The Anatomy of Genre, that once again speaks to me exactly where I'm at as a writer and a person, both reflecting and broadening my perspectives of the craft. This is not a simple glossary of genres with the standard how-to beats. This is a revolutionary examination of story as the archetype of all life. It will teach you how to write and transcend your genres, But more than that, it will take you on a profound journey through history, sociology, and philosophy. Truly masterful. And the other writing book I recommend this year is called Writing Your Life by Dina Metzger. And this is one of those books I think I shall need to read more than once in order to tap every drop of goodness. Although it's more focused on memoir-type prompts rather than fiction, but there's some of that too, This is a tool for recognizing and using story as a deep dive into oneself and the meaning of life. It's rich, beautiful, and provocative in all the best ways. This is a book that will stay with me for a long, long time. You may remember that I quoted Metzger in several episodes this year, including five ways to use your character's shadows to power your story. Imposter syndrome for writers is a real thing, plus the key to slaying it and how to discover what your character fears, if you want to check those out for a little taste. Now, moving on to general nonfiction, the first book I want to talk about is Identity, Youth and Crisis by Eric H. Erickson. So someone, one of you, put me on to Erickson after noticing that I, too, speak about life cycle archetypes in my teachings about archetypal character arcs, although I talk about them in a totally different way from Erickson. Written in the late 1960s, I feel this book has weathered the test of time well and offers deep insight not only into its contemporary generation, but also into the timeless struggles of the human growth arc into individuation. The prose is dense. He apologizes to his editor wife in the acknowledgments, but it is very juicy and worth the read. Next up is The Five Personality Patterns by Stephen Kessler. This book was, in a word, a revelation. 
Uh, I've been studying personality theory and models for decades, and this exploration of the five security patterns that develop in early childhood is by far one of the most insightful, useful, and practical that I've ever read. It showed me things about myself that shocked me, even after all these years of study, and it offers some of the most practical embodied tips for getting out of negative patterns that I've ever seen presented. I am buying copies for everyone I know. Needless to say, I highly recommend it. I continue to try to read books about the history of every country in the world. And this year I read Brussels, A Cultural and Literary History by André de Vries. So this is just a great little primer on Brussels in particular, and Belgium by extension. It's a fast read, but well-organized, entertaining, and interesting if you're looking for something in that vein. Next is American Nations by Colin Woodard. This is one of the best overviews of American history I've ever read. I have been fascinated by the theory behind the book ever since hearing it summarized in a podcast years ago. And the book fleshes out the main theory of 11 distinct North American subcultures by exploring their causal impact from the earliest European colonization efforts through the War of Independence and the Civil War to the present day. It brings nuance and insight to so many aspects of American life, everything from personal relationships to political tensions. And then we have The Cottage Fairy Companion by Paola Merrill. I started watching Paola's beautifully earnest YouTube channel, The Cottage Fairy, last year, and I couldn't get enough of the gorgeous Northwestern settings and the simple but profound insights she shares from her rural life. The book is a lovely extension of everything she presents in her videos, her own beautiful spirit above all. Wise beyond her years, vulnerable, honest, but always positive, her thoughts on quiet, intentional living inspire and uplift. And that brings us to my favorite fiction books of the year, starting with Beloved by Toni Morrison. And honestly, I really have no words. I hardly feel qualified to even offer an opinion on this book, except to say that it may be the single most masterful story I have ever read. The topic is so raw and powerful and serious, and yet the story never loses itself in its message. The writing is poetry of the highest sort. The characters are authentic and real and always surprising. Nothing about this book feels rote. It feels channeled. It is a truly incredible experience. Next up is The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. Sometimes when I finally get around to reading a book that has been in the popular consciousness forever, I end up wondering, where has this book been all my life? And yet, so often, it turns out that the book was the one waiting for me until the perfect time in my own life. And I suppose Coelho would say that that is the language of the world. And I'm glad I got to wait until now to read this simple, profound, fun, deep little book I understand it now in ways I never would have had I read it earlier, and I will return to its wisdom again and again, I am sure. And then we have The Salt Grows Heavy by Cassandra Kaw, which is a little book that I just happened to pick up in the airport. 
This is a macabre poem written with blood in the snow. This is a can't-look-away dark fairy tale that rises above itself through its resonant nightmarish symbolism and imagery and its incredibly rich prose. It won't be for everyone, but if you're looking for beautiful writing, this is a lovely little book for that. And next up, The Once and Future King by T.H. White, which is one of my favorite titles of all time. I don't know quite what I was expecting when I picked up this epic saga of Arthurian legend, but it wasn't this quirky, almost Pratchett-esque blend of tragic irony and good-natured humor. Now, each section was published as its own book when it first came out, and each has its own flavor. Like most people, I suspect I was most enchanted by the first volume, The Sword in the Stone, about young Arthur's boyish misadventures under his tutor Merlin. Overall, this is a tour de force, highly entertaining, and a rightful classic. And finally, a fun romance, Watch Your Mouth by Candy Steiner. In my opinion, this is one of the author's best. It is a deep situational romance that rises above its own tropes to feel like a true exploration of emotions. And for once, the breakup in the third act, which is one of my least favorite tropes, is actually heart-wrenching and feels true. So those are my favorite books of the year. And if all of those aren't enough to fill up your to-be-read pile for 2024, don't forget about my novels as well. And I hope you'll stop by the site and tell me what I should be reading in 2024. What were your top books this year? And how many books did you read? If you'd like to be part of the word player community over on my site and join in the conversation on this subject, be sure to stop by the website at helpingwritersbecomeauthors.com. You can always find a transcript of the most recent podcast and add your voice to the discussion by visiting the first post on the site's homepage. And don't forget that if you're looking for an older post, you can always find those by putting the podcast title in the search field at the top of the right-hand column. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon Music, or whatever your favorite podcast platform may be. And if you'd like to do something to support helping writers become authors, it always means a ton if you're able to leave just a quick rating or review on your site of choice. Also, many thanks to those who support my work on Patreon. Your patronage helps make helping writers become authors and its many resources available to writers everywhere. If you're interested in becoming a patron, you can find out more at patreon.com slash Thank you so much for listening to the Helping Writers Become Authors podcast, and be sure to check back again next week.